This is Reverend Kirk Lawton, minister at Ocean Lakes Family Campground, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that this message may enrich your life as you find God especially meaningful to you. Thank you for worshiping with us. A few years ago, I had an experience which was unlike any other one I've had during my 63 years of being a minister. It was an experience I hope I will never have again during the next years, however long God gives me in the future. I had previously talked with a couple and had agreed to perform their wedding ceremony at four o'clock in the afternoon. Three of our precious grandchildren were with us that day and they were having a great time with us, playing in the house, riding with Nana in the golf car, going to the snack bar for ice cream. And about five minutes till four, I was at the computer doing something when the phone rang. It was a female voice on the other end of the line saying, Reverend Lawton? I said, yes. She then said, have you forgotten? I said, forgotten what? She said, you are to perform our wedding ceremony at four o'clock. Now at that time I was wearing shorts and a t-shirt. So there was nothing to do but to be honest and say I had forgotten. And so I said, I'm on my way. I dressed and was at the house for the wedding in about five minutes. To my relief, I still had to wait about 10 more minutes before the bride was ready to walk out on the porch for the ceremony. When I related this horror story to my wife, who during all this time was riding the grandchildren around in the golf car, in her own sweet way, she reminded me that my forgetting was due to a disease which we call D-O-B, date of birth. A few days later, I was reading in the scripture in the very last chapter in the book of Revelation, where John of Patmos, a pastor in the late first century, relates a vision which comes to him while he's at worship. In this beautiful view of heaven, the risen Christ says that he is coming again. Actually, the exact words of Jesus, according to the paraphrase by Eugene Peterson called the message, the words are these, I'm on my way. Instantly, when I read those words, I knew I had the title for that year's Easter sunrise service. What does it mean when Jesus says, I'm on my way? Well, for that first Easter, it meant that all Jesus had previously said of himself was true. Luke recorded what Jesus had said to his 12 apostles. We are now on our way to Jerusalem, he said. Everything that the prophets wrote about the Son of Man will happen there. He will be handed over to foreigners who will make fun of him, mistreat him, and spit on him. They will beat him and kill him. But three days later, he will rise to life. And you know, that's exactly what happened. It was not just some symbolic language that Jesus used when he said that he would come back from the grave alive. There's one very interesting fact that the gospel writer John records concerning what Jesus did with the linen burial cloth 
that was placed over the face of Jesus. When he came out of that tomb, he did not throw the napkin aside as he did the other grave clothes. John uses an entire verse, John chapter 20, verse 7, to tell us that the napkin was neatly folded and was put in a separate place. When Mary Magdalene found the tomb empty, she ran and told John and Simon Peter what she had found. And the two men came running, John outrunning Simon Peter. But John only looked in, but he didn't go inside the tomb. Simon Peter arrived and went inside where he found the linen burial clothes in one place while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying to the side. Now, was that important? Absolutely. Why? Well, we have to understand a little bit about Hebrew tradition of that day. The folded napkin was something that every Jewish boy knew about. When a servant set the dinner table for the master of the house, he always made sure that it was exactly the way the master wanted it to be set. And when the table was set just right, the servant would wait just out of sight until the master had finished eating. And the servant would not dare touch that table until the master was through with his meal. Now, if the master had completed his meal, he would rise from the table, wipe his fingers, his mouth, clean his beard, and then would wad up that napkin and toss it onto the table. The servant would know by these actions that it was time for him to clear the table. The wadded up napkin meant, I am through eating. However, if the master got up from the table, folded his napkin carefully, and laid it beside his plate, the servant would not dare touch that table because the folded napkin meant, I'm coming back. That's exactly what Jesus said when he left the tomb. I'm coming back. I'm on my way. When Jesus promised, I'm on my way again, this was a reminder to us all that his resurrection proved his ability to give us freedom from the guilt of our sin. Reverend Jim Dant, a pastor in Macon, Georgia, tells us about the time when, as a young child, he used to visit his grandmother. She was a person who loved gardening. Her favorite plant in the yard was a bush she called the bird of paradise. This treasured bush was situated at the very end of one of her flower beds at the back corner of her home. He said, one day my sister and I were playing chase in grandmother's yard. And while running from my faster and older sister, I cut the corner of the house a little too close. I plowed directly into that delicate bush ripping a couple of its flowering branches from their tender source. My sister let out the expected words of comfort and assurance to her little brother. She said, Oh, I'm going to tell on you. <laughs> well, I begged her not to do that. I knew grandmother loved that bush. So I told my sister I would do anything if she didn't tell. 
Well, the pastor said, I did anything and everything all day long. I had to play dolls. I had to take the trash out to the steamy, smelly compost pile when grandma had asked my sister to do it. I had to set the table when she was asked to do that. I had to watch whatever she wanted to watch on television. Finally, I had had enough. I went to my grandmother, my head hung low, and I told her what I had done. She put her hand under my chin, lifted my head, looked at me and said, Son, I saw you do it. I have already forgiven you, but I've been wondering all day long how long you were going to let your sister make a slave out of you. Finally, we have a wonderful word of assurance when we hear Jesus say, I'm on my way. He kept his word in this, and he will keep his word, which gives us a promise of great things to come. Two young brothers sat on the front porch in church every Sunday while their dad was up front preaching. One night after sending the boys to bed, the dad overheard one of his little boys crying. He went in and asked him what was wrong, but the little boy was slow to answer. And so after some prodding, the little boy finally confessed, Daddy, the Bible says that we're going to worship God in heaven forever. That's an awfully long time. <laughs> this little fellow pictured heaven as one long worship time with his dad up front preaching. Heaven sounded pretty boring to him. Go back and read that last chapter in the Bible again. It tells us just a tiny bit of how wonderful heaven is going to be. Beauty like we've never seen before. The glory of God so bright that we won't even need the sun to light up the place. No more crying, pain, sorrow, sickness, or disappointment. Yes, we will definitely worship in heaven, but I'll guarantee you it will not be boring. It'll be the most thrilling experience far beyond anything wonderful that we have ever experienced on this earth. All of this will take place when Jesus keeps his word a second time, just like he did the first. I'm on my way, he said, and he did come out of the grave. And now he says to us, I'm on my way. And that's the most glorious news anyone could hear. Jesus is coming again. I suppose it was quite a relief to the bride that day to hear the preacher who was to perform her wedding ceremony say, I'm on my way. But oh, how much more joy it will be to hear Jesus say to those who have trusted in him, I'm on my way to get you to come and live with me eternally in the place I've gone to prepare for you. Several years ago, Bill and Gloria Gaither wrote a song which has come to be very popular, and we sing it throughout the year, but especially at Easter time, it has a great message. I wish that all of you who are hearing me by podcast today could be with us now as we are worshiping here at Ocean Lakes personally. But if you cannot be with us 
as we know you can't, then we want you to join with us because our congregation now is going to sing that resurrection song. Jesus' resurrection from the, grad, from the grave is really a fact that is worth singing about. So we're going to sing that song together. And wherever you are, you might want to sing the refrain when we get there. You know the words. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. Oh God, thank you so much that we have a risen living Savior who's in the world today. And we know that he is living, whatever men may say. And the reason we know it, because he lives within our heart. Oh God, encourage us, we pray, this very day, to know that you are right by our side just when we need you most. We offer ourselves again in our prayer in the wonderful name of Jesus, that name through which we have victory even over death. Amen.